the NBA semifinal round is underway in Brooklyn. Today I'm going to be talking about this insane Brooklyn Nets team and how and when my fandom came to be for these Brooklyn Nets. Let's get it! Welcome to the 30th episode of Jonathan's Coin Toss. It has come and gone so quickly. I can't believe we're in our 30th episode. Thank you all for the support. Taking a little bit of time off, getting some new podcasts in the works with this one here today. As mentioned, I'll be talking about the current NBA Finals favorites, the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks faced off at the Barclays Center in Brooklyn last night for Game 2 of these Eastern Conference semifinals. But before I get to both games between those two teams, I wanted to talk a little bit about how and why I became a Nets fan many, many moons ago. I get asked the question often, um, are you really a Nets fan? When did you become one? Why? <laughs> That's my favorite one, why? Uh, most of you listening do know already, and for those that do not know, I am indeed, yes, a huge Nets fan indeed. Uh, and sometimes I ask myself why, along with those of you that have asked me that same question, why? I've uh, seen the highs and lows like uh, going to back-to-back finals with Jason Kidd back in the early 2000s. Those are very high days. And then, of course, the very, and I mean very, lows that followed that. The years following uh, those championship runs, that included the historically bad and very dark year. That was the 2009-2010 season in which they went 12-70. and 12 wins, 70 losses, and I still went and saw them in person on the road in Orlando when the Magic had primed Dwight Howard, and they would go to the finals, I believe, that season against the Lakers. The Magic did. Uh, but, yeah, 12 wins, 70 losses, and there I was still out there watching the then New Jersey Nets, of course. And I was probably, like, the only Nets fan in the arena. Maybe there was probably probably one more. Um, <clears throat> very, very scary days. I've seen it all. What I haven't seen, though, with this team is uh, the team win a championship. Naturally, because of my pops... And his fandom for the teams that he roots for, I naturally also started rooting for our teams, including, of course, the Nets. Well, after Game Two's thrashing in Brooklyn, in which at one point the Nets held a 49-point lead, they're certainly on the right track to finally making the franchise a championship team for the first time in franchise history, not counting, of course, Dr. J's Nets in the ABA. So, again, my pops is the reason all the teams I root for and all the uh, major pro sports, naturally, it's like it's like most fans. You you root for teams that your grandparents may have rooted for, or could have been mom or dad, or both, or whatever, or a sibling perhaps. For me, it's just a classic tale of my dad rooting for a team, not telling me, "Hey, you're gonna root for this team like I did, son." No, it's just him watching it, and then me growing up watching him, you know, be excited when his teams were playing, and then naturally, I became a fan of those same teams. For better or for worse, we always make fun of it. <laughs> I always tell my dad, thanks. When we have uh, some awful season, like, thanks a lot. Thanks for rooting for these teams. <laughs> well, one thing that cannot be questioned is, is loyalty in our family uh, for the teams that we root for. And that's probably why I get asked, are you really a Nets fan? Why and how? Because growing up uh, in New York, when I last lived there many years ago, of course, the Nets were in New Jersey. And, of course, you have the Knicks in New York and Manhattan at MSG. So, of course, the main question would be why. Why Nets over Knicks? There are multiple different reasons why my dad rooted for them. 
from when he was a kid, Dr. J for starters, way back in the day. And then throughout the years, other great Nets players, uh, especially in the early 90s, Drazen Petrovic. He was, uh, I mean, every, everyone who's an NBA fan knows who he is, but if you're a Nets fan, obviously you know who he is. He passed away tragically in the early 90s at a very young age, pretty much uh, entering or, or in his prime. And he was one of those that could uh, go to toe-to-toe with some of the major stars of the NBA during that time, including Michael Jordan, uh, Reggie Miller, and many other stars who have said many great things about Drazen. So, and then, of course, fast forward. Uh, there were other players in between. that. had Derek Coleman, Kenny Anderson, uh, and so on. There's so many other players, too. I'll be here all day, but... Uh, Steph, uh, Stephon Marbury later, which then became Jason Kidd and Kerry Kittles, Kenyon Martin, Keith Van Horn, so on and on and on. So, um, so that's how that came about, and 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 I just rooted for those teams uh, growing up. Honestly, I this is when I was like eight or nine years old. I did not like the Knicks. I, I guess I was younger. You know, when you're younger, you have a different perspective on things and people, whatever. Especially at that age. Uh, I just remember seeing it was it was John Starks of the Knicks that uh, in those late '90s when they uh, went to the finals against the Spurs. I just I just didn't like his uh, his cockiness, something about him. I don't know what it is. <laughs> As I've gotten older, I respect his game and all that. You know, I'm much older now and uh, my early 30s. So this is when I was eight nine. I was like, I just can't stand them. I couldn't stand. Them. I remember watching the finals against the Spurs and Knicks and the Spurs, and I was going for the Spurs to beat those Knicks. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a combination of things as to why I never became a Knicks fan. One of them being my dad did not root for them. And then number two for me was just some of the players. I just, I just couldn't stand them. I don't know what it is. It's like today, everywhere um, you go on social media, if you know, haters of every star athlete, whether it's Kevin Durant, LeBron James, uh, even Steph Curry, uh, any, anyone you can think of has some, some crowd of haters. So I don't think that's anything new. Me, like I said, I was just younger and John Starks just happened to piss me off <laughs> at a young age, and I just didn't like his attitude. But getting older throughout the years, I realized that '90s NBA basketball, you know, it was it was it's much different than today, and it was just more gritty, uh, more hard nosed defense, especially than today. So again, going back to Starks, not to just mention him and the other Knicks that kind of annoyed me back then. I, I understand why they were the way they were. It's New York. It's the Big Apple. You're at MSG. Uh, you know, the most popular, the greatest, biggest city in the world. And, you know, you have a chip in your shoulder when you play in that city, no matter who you are. Some people can't take the uh, pressure, uh, can't handle it, rather. And therefore, when you know you're good or decent or whatever, you're going to have that chip on your shoulder and you're going to be the way you are. And, again, that's why when I got older, I realized that stuff. But, nonetheless, all that equated to me, excuse me, becoming a Nets fan because of my dad. So, and now my little brother, he's a Nets fan growing up as well. Naturally, again, same thing, just watching myself and our dad watching uh, these teams that we root for. So there you have it for those that don't know. And for those that still question me to this day, friends of mine <laughs> and family. So there, there's your answer for that one. Why I am a Nets fan and how. So as I mentioned, um, Going back in, uh, going back a little bit here, Dr. J, his Nets won the the ABA title back in the seventies, uh, and that was huge for New York at the time. From of course I wasn't around, but from what I read and 
what my dad tells me and whatnot. And then, of course, the merger happened. And next thing you know, um, Dr. J is no longer a net. He's with the Sixers. Uh, I don't remember the full details. I believe he, his contract was sold there or what have you. I have to actually look that up again. But um, but that changed the uh, the rest of the way for the Nets for their history. I mean, imagine Dr. J in the first year of the NBA is still a net with that same team or whatever many players could have gone there. Who knows? They probably would have been the first team to win an NBA title. Or at least during that merger, anyway. NBA has been around longer than that, but but yeah, that's uh, that's franchise altering there, you know. Um, but fast forward to to yesterday, game two of these uh, Eastern Conference semifinals uh, games here between the Nets and the Bucks, and the Nets are now up two nothing in the series, heading to Milwaukee this Thursday, just two days away. So they're ready to put. Um, the pedal to the metal here, so to speak. They're ready to, to end this. And if Brooklyn takes a 3-0 lead against Milwaukee, I mean, that's pretty much all she wrote. The Nets are not going to lose four in a row. Um, <clears throat> I don't it's, – it's not because I'm a fan or whatever. I'm being honest. I don't see them losing four games in any series, whether it's in a row or at all. Really hard to tell or really hard to see that happening. Um Again, anything's possible. Things happen, especially injuries, and uh, that's what happened here. You know, game one we saw Brooklyn beat down the Bucks. They made it look easy. However, it started off rough for us fans and for the team, of course, uh, with James Harden going down with a hamstring injury, just mere seconds after game one just just happened to start, just forty something seconds. Um, he already has had hamstring injuries throughout the season. He's missed twenty plus games. So it's a little um, alarming, you know. He, he's the best facilitator in the team. He's a true point guard, and he is just—he's fitting perfectly coming to Brooklyn from Houston for pretty much nothing, and that's pretty much gave up nothing for him. Um, no offense to the players involved, but to get a superstar of his caliber and adding to what you already have in Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving as many have talked about already, I mean, the way they did it was just like you're playing NBA 2K. You just, you know, trades are on, force trades are on, and <laughs> you could trade whoever you want, where, wherever you want for whoever. Um, but, yeah, he went down, and, and, again, the good thing is he goes down, which is unfortunate, but the fortunate part of that is that you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, the original two that the Nets acquired back in 2019. So it's like, okay, well, Harden goes down. We see how he makes the team better. The stats are there. They're, I believe, under 500 without him in the starting lineup and then, you know, way over 500 with him in the starting lineup. And it's it's a rotation thing. So Kyrie and, and KD go on the bench. Harden is still there leading the way at the point and just facilitating. He's not out there just chucking up threes. <clears throat> he gets a bad rep for that uh, throughout the years in Houston. But those Houston teams – Although they didn't go to the finals or win any championships, um, they were still able to compete with anyone. They were still a threat. They took the Warriors to seven games at one point. And had Chris Paul been there for that game, he was injured. Who knows? We're probably talking a different tune about the Warriors just a little bit. So, again, with him going down, it does it does suck because you don't know how much longer he'll be out. It's not torn, uh, which is very good news. 
it's just kind of like he's like day to day. So he could be back in the series, but when you're up two nothing against the Bucks, who are still a great team, um, still got Giannis and, and company there, and X Net Brook Lopez. But if you go down three nothing, like I mentioned earlier, it's over. So it's like a mu- it's definitely a must win for Milwaukee. Obviously, game three, but for Brooklyn, I don't want to say it's a must win. However, it's like you you don't you don't want to lose at all. Obviously, but you don't want to lose this one. Not that it'd be the bad thing. They'll still be up. They'll still be up two one, but to go up three nothing and two one, such a huge difference. It's just less pressure, and and you can just finish it on the road. You win on the road once, it's like you feel you can do it again, and then next thing you know, you sweep them. Possibly, I'm not saying it's gonna happen. <laughs> um, but again, going back to game one, um, like I said, that was a low blow seeing James Harden go down. You want to see him go out there. He's ready to play. You could tell he's hyped. He's got a good squad now. Not that those Houston teams are bad, of course, but this is the best team he's ever been with, ever, automatically. Kyrie and KD alone, that, that's it. I don't care what Houston teams or Thunder teams, when he was with KD and Westbrook out there, that's irrelevant. This is his best team ever, and he feels comfortable. He looks comfortable. He looks happy. He's tweeting more. He's on social media more. He's just more loose, and that's a good thing. You have your superstars happy. Greatness comes out of them, obviously, naturally, easily. They're making it look easy. They took out Boston 4-1 in the first series, and now, again, already up 2-0 against Milwaukee. But, uh, again, those two other guys, <laughs> KD and Kyrie, they're pretty good, and they showed after game one. They won that game, 115-107. The game was a little bit more of a blowout. This got a little closer at the end, garbage time. Um, but, yeah, after Harden's injury, KD and Kyrie made sure to still stay motivated and gather the troops and rally as one of their men went down. And that bench, I mean, you got to give them a lot of credit. And the other role players, uh, the Joe Harris's, the Bruce Browns, um, it's just it's just next man up. Landry Shamit, Nick Claxton, you know, Uncle Jeff, Jeff Green, he's injured. Um, he should be back, I believe, this series at some point. But, again, if the Nets go up 3-0, you, you might have to, or not have to, but you could – Keep those guys out, Harden and, and Jeff Green, until the next series, the Eastern Conference Finals. Why not? So it's, it's gonna we're gonna see what Steve Nash and those guys do, the coaches there, um, as they go on. But one game at a time. We're not gonna jump the gun just yet. Uh, but again, Brooklyn won Game One, one fifteen, one hundred seven. Now in Game Two, however, they made sure to continue to put pressure on these Bucks. They never trailed in Game Two. Brooklyn didn't. Katie and Kyrie once again doing what they do best and breaking ankles and exposing defenses and defenders that allegedly are supposed to stop and or slow them down. I'm looking at you, PJ Tucker and company. I mean, as far as the media, the media says Tucker's gonna go in there, shut down KD, or at least not shut him down, but do what he can. And then that's not happening. <laughs> uh, I'm here to tell you that Milwaukee's game plan is not working at the moment. And if you're the Bucks, I don't know. I don't know a way to, you know, to figure it out in time. I don't know if they have a way to figure it out in time or at all before it's all said and done. I know I mentioned, you know, Katie and Kyrie a lot. Um, and, of course, James Harden. But, again, without the, the bench players, the role players, they're not up to nothing. Katie and Kyrie can only do so much. They, they You know, they have to take their, their rest you don't want to overwork them. Of course, KD came back from his injury, which he looks like it like it never happened. And Kyrie, you know, he's had his injury history too. And you just don't want to wear them down. 
The good thing about missing all those games these three guys have missed throughout the regular season is that they are going to be much more fresh than, you know, other previous years. As time goes on, you see a lot of a lot more load management going on in sports these days. Star athletes getting days off or what have you um, to kind of get them ready for the playoffs. And they'll never admit it. They'll never flat out say it. But that that's what's happening. And, of course, in the NBA, when you have back-to-back games, especially on the road, one day you're in, you know, Memphis, and the next night you're in Phoenix, for example, or something, although it's in the West Coast, you still got to get out there, still got to fly, and then you're playing the next day. Those type of games, these star players, especially the Nets, having three, someone's going to take the night off. It's the smart thing to do. As a fan buying tickets, it does suck. I, I'm, I'm one of those. Um, we had actually planned to go see the Nets and the uh, Raptors in Tampa, um, but then I saw the lineup was going to be pretty much barren and, and, and not to say nobody, but it was just Kyrie and co. And you want to see the big three, you know? Um, so it was a back-to-back, this, the, the back end of a back-to-back. So they mentioned the lineup. I was like, well, you know, again, I, I want to see my team no matter what. I, like I said earlier, I've been to, to the, a game during their 12 and 70 season. So I'd love to see them this year, especially this season that they may win a championship possibly. But when you see that a star player or two are going to take the night off, it's like, well, A, the team's going to be, they're going to be out of it. They're going to be tired, worn out from the night before at another city. And now, you, you know, you don't have the big three. It's the big one. <laughs> you want to see the full squad at full strength. That's just how it is, especially when you pay as much money as you have to to see a team like the Nets this season and teams like the Warriors in previous years and the Lakers and all the other big teams throughout the league. Uh, so, so there's a lot. There's a lot that uh, that you notice over the years. Now they're gonna have to change it. Possibly, fans aren't happy about it, but they're gonna have to change the back-to-back games and make the regular season matter. Because right now, not that I'm complaining, of course, my team doing so well. But for any team, for the fun of the game, you want to make sure your star players are out there. They're rested. They're taken care of. But also that the fans who are paying hard-earned money, a lot of it you know, are getting a treat and seeing the star players. Of course, you go out to see your team, but let's be honest. You want to see your team, but you also want to see the stars of the other team. You want to see your team at full strength beat the other team at full strength with their stars, right? That's classic. It shouldn't have to even be explained. But unfortunately, that's not the case these days. So things have definitely changed throughout sports. Now, as I mentioned a second ago, or so the bench has been incredible. They've helped KD and Kyrie do what they do best. They're all comfortable out there. Everyone's passing the ball around. It's beautiful basketball. And I mentioned a bunch of players, but the main guy has been on fire lately that has just jumped out of his DeLorean, Blake Griffin. Ladies and gentlemen, Blake Griffin is back. You know, everyone kind of thought he was dead in the water. <laughs> his career is done or finished or near its end. Are you kidding me? I mean, he goes to Detroit first off and leads him to the playoffs. Let's not forget that. Had his injuries and didn't have any sort of cast around him. Who did he have on the Pistons? How did he even get them to the playoffs? You have to ask yourself that. And now that he's on a team like this, arguably the best team he's ever been on now, as I mentioned earlier about James Harden, he is on a roll. Again, coming out of his DeLorean, we have the Clippers version of Blake Griffin that the Pistons would have loved to have seen later on instead of that one season or so that he was great out there. 
And, you know, there was a point in time in Detroit that he didn't dunk in nearly two years. An insane stat. And now, well, he's dunking on two-time MVP for the Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And he's making it look easy. He's jumping, he's diving for the ball. The crowd has been electric. And again, the team is playing together. You got to love it. And they're making guys that are were once afterthoughts or whatever. You know, even Jeff Green, he's up there in age. And the guy's out there dunking on people when he's playing. He'll be back soon, of course. And he's out there dunking on people, knocking on threes, playing, you know, solid defense. And there's no hero ball, no ISO, no isolation right now. Just beautiful passing, beautiful basketball from everyone. If KD sees you open, you know, Joe Harris especially, three-point shooting Joe Harris, Shamit out there. I saw Bruce Brown knock down, I believe it was three, and he doesn't take many long-range jumpers. I mean, it's just, how do you defend that? And speaking of Bruce Brown, what a steal for Brooklyn, also coming from Detroit, like Blake Griffin. He's such a gritty player, gives the team a huge boost of energy when he's out there, huge rebounds. He's, he's like usually the smaller guy out there when you have the opposing defenders out there or players out there. He's getting steals, etc. Like I said, knocks down the, the occasional three and the occasional floater on top of guys twice his size. It's just been a masterpiece of a performance out in Brooklyn I don't want to sound too much like a homer, but this team is rolling, and they seem unstoppable right now. They're 10 wins away from achieving the ultimate goal, but, again, it's one thing, one game at a time, and on to game three in Milwaukee. But I believe going back to the regular season, as of right now, they've won 11 of their last 13 overall or something like that. How do you stop that? They're making Milwaukee look like a G League team out there. You know, they had a 49-point lead at one point during game two. And when it was garbage time, Brooklyn was still dominating and ended up with a 39-point victory. They were making sure to care of business at home in Brooklyn, not losing either of those games at home. Now, of course, they head to Milwaukee for game three. Should be tough this Thursday, looking to go up 3-0, a commanding 3-0 lead. I don't want to, like I said, I don't want to say it's a must win, but if they pull it off and go up 3-0, it's curtains. <laughs> all of this happening without James Harden once again. That is incredible. Without the beard. Well, what's going to happen when he does return? As James Harden once said on social media, it is indeed scary hours. And for Milwaukee, missed three-pointers, a ton of missed free throws, especially from Giannis. They're killing Milwaukee. That's not helping them at all. Nobody. Middleton, Brooke Lopez, nobody's hitting now consistently. Knocking down threes or, or anything. They're just, they look like a completely different team. And um, I don't know, the MVP out there, Giannis, is looking rough so far in these two games. One has to wonder, what does Milwaukee do? How do you adjust if you're their coach? P.J. Tucker can't stop KD. KD's just embarrassing him, as well as Kyrie. Blake, by the way, dunked on Giannis in the game. KD crossed him over, as did Kyrie. They're just bullying this guy. <laughs> if your best player can't do anything and there's no backup, it's over. And the Bucks made moves. They spent a lot of money getting Drew Holiday and uh, adding other pieces. And But, again, it's not over. It's 2 nothing. They have time to adjust, but they're running out of it. Nets are two wins away already. So we'll see what happens there. As far as the rest of the, uh, the playoffs, of course, Atlanta – the Hawks and Sixers play tonight. They they punched 
the Sixers in the mouth at, at home, well, on the road in Philly, I should say, for the Hawks. They had a big lead. They were up 20 for, like, most of the second half or so. And uh, they kind of blew it in the first quarter, went down all the way to a two-point game. They were just turning the ball over, five-second violations. I was just like, obviously, I'm not a Hawks fan, but I was looking, I was like, what has happened? It is so embarrassing. And we all know Atlanta has a bad history of blowing leads in sports. Look at the Super Bowl a few years ago against the Patriots. But it's 2-0 Atlanta. No, excuse me, I'm sorry. It's 1-0 Atlanta. They're looking to go 2-0. Man, I must be I must be psychic. <laughs> I'm sure the Sixers are going to come out strong. But Embiid, man, Joel Embiid, he's, he's he still dropped 40-plus points, I believe. But he's he's hobbling out there. He's, he's injured. And if he goes down or he's not himself, Going forward, the wear and tear is going to get some. So this is this is a kind of a must win. You hate to hear that a lot. It's kind of overused, especially in in the media. But you go down two nothing heading to Atlanta, and Embiid's not himself. I don't know what you do. Ben Simmons, you know, he can't carry. He's he can't carry that team. He cannot. As talented as he is, defending, he can't hit free throws. He doesn't hit jump shots. He cannot. That's Embiid's team. He has to lead the way. So yeah, Lance's taking on. Philadelphia tonight, game two, trying to go up 2 nothing, head back home. Nets again, face the Bucks Thursday, up 2 nothing. Um, Utah and the L.A. Clippers, the Jazz and the Clippers tonight as well. The first game in that series should be interesting. I mean, the Clippers, you got Kawhi, you got Paul George, you got all these guys. I, I They have to – are they going to put it together? I mean, if you don't do it now, what happens next season? I, uh, who, who do you add? What do you do? I mean, so many teams are stacked, but yet they're missing They're missing something. And I, I think a lot of times it's just toughness. They're just not gritty. But the Clippers, they did take out the Mavs in seven games, so you got to give them credit. I chose Dallas to win that, that game. I didn't think the Clippers could pull away with it, but they did. Um, and then the other game, that game one just happened uh, last night as well after the Nets-Bucks was the uh, Suns and Nuggets the Suns winning game one, so they're up one nothing. They'll be playing again, I believe it's tomorrow. So I'll give uh, predictions as the playoffs progress. I'll do probably uh, an episode each week about the NBA, about the playoffs. As far as like right now, because I've been asked my uh, my pick, of course I'm going to say my Nets, <laughs> not because I'm a Nets fan, but they have to win it. They kind of have to. I mean, you have these three stars. I know Harden's out, but he'll be back. These three, and even without him, KD and Kyrie, you have a team like that and the supporting cast, There's no, there are no excuses. And there are some other good teams out there uh, remaining, obviously, that are good in their own way. But this team on paper, as Vegas says and many other people, the pundits out there, they're the favorites, rightfully so. And if they don't win – I, I would consider consider it a uh, a failure, honestly. I mean, that's just how it is in New York sports, really. On, on for better or for worse, um, there are no moral victories like championship or bust. And a team like this, this is the greatest basketball team in in New York history assembled ever. No one can argue that. You cannot. There's no way to do it. Whether you're a Knicks fan, Nets fan, or you're not a fan of either team, this is the greatest team assembled ever, even without winning a championship. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Um, so just wanted to take this episode out to talk about those Brooklyn Nets. 
kind of give my team some love, especially in the 30th episode of Jonathan's Coin Toss. And uh, I just wanted to give some extra news as well as I'm closing down here, winding down. I am going to be changing. I mentioned this on a, on a Twitch stream a few weeks ago. Uh, I was streaming some games over there. I am going to be changing the name of Jonathan's Coin Toss uh, simply to The Champ Cave, which is my uh, gaming channel name. I kind of want to keep it all together. And what I'm going to do going forward, my, the plan is in each episode of The Champ Cave of the podcast, this same podcast here, you don't have to unsubscribe. It's going to be the same uh, same podcast here, 30-plus episodes it'll be at that point. Um is to have a segment towards the end of each episode called Jonathan's Coin Toss, where I give my two cents on whatever the topic is or anything else going on in the world of sports and entertainment and pop culture, movies, Marvel, DC, et cetera, et cetera. So that's the plan right now. So stay you know, subscribed here. I'm not doing a separate podcast. It'll be right here in the same uh, channel, the same podcast, if you will. So don't touch that dial, as they say. I will still be here. Just a name change. Just to have it all, Facebook Gaming, Twitch, YouTube, I want it all to be connected to the same name. That's a cause confusion. And I'm going to be creating a Twitter account here this week. It'll all be called The Champ Cave, so it'll be easy, even easier to find. Uh, of course, follow me on Twitch. Search The Champ Cave there, twitch.tv slash The Champ Cave. Fa- Facebook Gaming, search The Champ Cave there. I'm on Twitter, at BX underscore Champ, but I'm going to make a separate Champ Cave Twitter handle and account over there. Um so I'm all over. I'm on TikTok. Uh, TikTok over there. I, I am under Itsiaya. I'll leave a link down below in the description here. And, of course, thank you all for listening to all 30 episodes. I'm, I mean, I, I haven't posted a an episode in a few weeks, and the last one, the latest, most recent one, is one of my highest ones in, in, a, in a little bit. So you guys have missed me. Thank you. And I've been asked, uh, where have you been? Sorry about the, the disappearance there. I, can, I tend to do that. It's been crazy, hectic. In a, in a good way, the last couple of weeks and months. So, um, but I'm definitely gonna tighten up here and do more. Now that there's more stuff. It's kind of like I don't want to make excuses, but with the pandemic, but everything kind of you know slowly getting better. Uh, more events are happening. Uh, as far as like WWE, for example, you know they're gonna start going on the road again next month. So that's gonna be you know maybe change some things around. I I haven't been a huge fan of the product recently. Um, I'll, I'll I'll mention that in its own episode. So that's why I haven't been talking too much about WWE, <laughs> but I'm still keeping my eye on it. Right now it's just basketball because it's playoff a- action here. Uh, I'll be talking about baseball. Football season's not too far away. So we'll have more episodes on that. So there's a lot of content. And then uh, lastly, for this week, E3 is this weekend. So, of course, if you're into gaming, look out for an episode in the next couple of days about E3. My predictions, my kind of like wish list, what I hope happens at E3. And uh, and more about the gaming world. So, yeah, that's going to be happening this week. So make sure to subscribe. And if you are already subscribed, thank you, of course. And if you haven't, but you do, thank you in advance. And, um, of course, like I said, hit me up all over social media. Look for me everywhere. YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Twitch. I am everywhere. Thank you guys so much. 30 episodes in the books. Looking forward to number 31 later this week. All about E3. I will see you guys next time on the flip side. Take care.